What's up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. I uh, wanted to reach out and say thank you guys for all the listens, all the love. We see it on social media. We see it on YouTube. It has been sensational. And we want to encourage you guys, if you guys are enjoying the podcast and liking it, that you guys subscribe and like it, uh, whether it's on YouTube, on our UCLA LAFB channel, or the Bruin Bible, uh, to subscribe either through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you guys listen and react to it because it's going to allow us to do much greater things in the future. We're creators. We want to be giving the best Bruins content to all of our UCLA listeners. The only way we can do that is if we have a fan base that is locked in and helping us out. So we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. If you guys have been liking it, please help us out with a like and subscribe. What is up and welcome to the Bruin Bible. Will Decker, your host to my right, you know, a man, myth and legend, madman, madman. Great to see you. We actually got to watch the second half of the game with my main man, Jamal, to my right. And Mr. Papa Madney was in the house. Got to meet him and the family for the first time. It was such an awesome experience getting to watch with him. The game itself, not the best experience, but was made up for by being able to watch with the guy to my right. Man, man, how are we doing on this wonderful Monday evening? Uh, Hopefully getting some more positive news on UCLA soon. Yeah, thriller. You know, always a pleasure to to be on the horn with you. It was a it was a lovely evening. We got a chance to to really have a good time and connect. Unfortunately, the outcome is not what any of us hoped or envisioned or expected. But uh, you know, such is life. And and excited to kind of break it down more with you. Yeah, and it was a painful twenty seven ten loss. I thought UCLA had a lot of opportunities to make something of themselves offensively. And it just came down to poor execution on special teams. The offensive line was overmatched at a lot of times. They didn't really able, weren't able to generate that type of running that they've been able to do. 3.9 yards a carry on 29 carries as a team. Talk to me, man. This is a game that is very polarizing for the UCLA fan base right now. A lot of people are calling to fire Chip. And, you know, after seeing a lot of the stuff and, you know, kind of evaluating some of the stats that I've been hearing for the first time and doing my research, I actually am leaning in towards that direction for the first time as somebody on here on the Bruin Bible. And it's it's been chaotic all year long. You know, starting quarterback battles kind of mess with the offense in their head. Offensive line's been chaotic. I mean, we've talked about the special teams. Like, why are you sending Colson Yankoff out there? Why are we missing easy chip shot field goals? Just everything has been wrong for a team that doesn't have to play Washington and Oregon. That's got the best defense it's had in 40 to 50 years. You know, I mean, our best win so far this year is Washington State. I mean, it's a team that's now one in five within the Pac-12. I think we gave him a little bit more leeway after he was able to land Dante last year. But coming into this year, man, it's just it, – I'm just over it. it. It's frustrating. I feel for the fan base, man, because I think it's it's gotten to a point where we've given him so much leeway. And statistically speaking, this is a David Woods tweet that he put out. He has had the easiest UCLA schedule for the last four years. The last four years since 1954. And he's about 26 and 14 in those games. 
I mean, the LSU win, that team was six and seven when they beat them that year. I don't really call count that a hallmark win because LSU wasn't even LSU at that time and how we know LSU to be. Where are we at, man? Because I am actually, for the first time, on the boat saying I'm ready to get rid of Chip. Yeah, well, well you know, it's a, <clears throat> it's been a really interesting last 48 hours. Uh, you know, Will, I will say, I think the, the Arizona, I'll, I'll start with just kind of the Arizona game and then I'll, I'll, I'll get macro. You know, with the Arizona game, it was the first game all year where UCLA lost the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You know, when you look at even the Oregon State game, you look at the Utah game, obviously there were struggles offensively, no question about it, with the offensive line, and that led to hurried throws, turnovers, and and all of that. But the defense was sensational in both of those games. Utah had seven total points offensively in their game. Oregon State was really the beneficiary of just all of the UCLA turnovers in the short fields and a couple of blown coverages on the back end because that front seven was kind of cheating because they felt like they had to do more up front. But really, there was nothing Oregon State did to sort of blow up the line in any way. That was not the case Saturday night. This was the first time Arizona was just able to kind of move that front seven in a way we just had not seen this season. And between Fafita's ability to throw the ball, make those short passes to, to McMillan, to Cowing, the ability for the running game in terms of Coleman and Wiley to kind of get going and get consistent yardage, Arizona was able to methodically move the ball down the field and really felt like they owned the line of scrimmage and owned the tempo as a result. Offensively, of course, UCLA really struggled to get anything going. They were able to move the ball Obviously came up empty on those early first half possessions with the missed field goals. And then the second half outside of that drive at the end of the first half where they started in kind of more of a check down type of situation to get uh, TJ Harden the ball in the flat. Arizona kind of started with a little bit of prevent. And then lo and behold, Loga was able to kind of break that inside slant for a bigger play that then set up UCLA very nicely for that touchdown. It was just a slog offensively. So UCLA got really owned on the offensive line. UCLA got owned on the defensive line in the front seven. And so you leave that game now basically eliminated from any sort of conference title contention and feeling very, very disappointed. And I can feel the the sense with the fan base. I know they've they've had a lot of fun with me on Twitter the last couple of days, Thriller, and, and as they should. Uh, that's part of what being a fan is all about about kind of the state of this program and, and the energy with the program right now. It just feels like things have gotten a little bit stale um, and the, the team has sort of plateaued in a sense. And obviously everyone wants to sort of talk about Chip's personality and what that's meant for the UCLA brand, how it means for kind of traditional recruits, um, and then just kind of overall uh, X's and O's in terms of his decision-making with the likes of, uh, the quarterback choices with the likes of some play choices. So I completely understand where the fans are coming from, Will, and I completely understand where you're coming from. So, uh, you know, I don't personally agree, and I'll, I'll share why now or later, whatever you prefer, but I yeah. totally understand why everyone feels what they feel, and, and I empathize. Yeah, and I, I want to hear your angle because I, I want to give my point of the angle too. We can both play like devil's advocate on this, you know, I believe that I just kind of run out of patience with him. You know, it's year six. 
I'm looking for some signature victories outside of last year's Utah's and Washington, which were great. I love those victories. But even that Dorian game at the Coliseum, that was the Clay Helton fired USC team. You know what I mean? There's there. I'm just, I need something. I just need a little bit more. He's had all the leeway in the world. This was going to be the year. I mean, you're the offensive play caller. That's what you're known for. And the one year you can't get the offense right. You have your best defense. This university's had in 50 years. Like, give me a break. Yeah, no, uh, Will, I think that's fair. Here's the question that I have for you and what I have for the Bruin Nation fans. Please. Chip is not meeting expectations. He's not. But what is your definition of expectations? What is your definition of standard? You have to take a step back and understand the standard. Will, you've been doing this three years with me. I've grown up leading UCLA. In the last 30 years... UCLA has six top 25 finishes in 30 years. Okay. One of them is by Chip. The other five were two years with Bob Toledo, one year with Carl Durrell, two years with Jim Mora. And if you break that down, Bob Toledo had his two straight top 25 finishes, those 20 win game win streak with Terry Donahue's last recruiting class. That was Terry Donahue's last recruiting class. The moment Toledo had to recruit his own players, he was struggling to win six, seven games and ultimately got fired. Carl Durrell's 10-2 and two season in 2005 that resulted in the Sun Bowl, that was a 6-7 win team. He won six or seven games every other year while he was the coach. That team had four fourth-quarter comebacks. They had every ball bounce their way and then ultimately lost by 38 to Arizona and 47 to USC. They were sort of exposed at the end of the season. That was a little bit of a statistical anomaly. And then when you talk about Jim Mora, his two top 25 finishes, the Sun Bowl victory and the Alamo Bowl, Jim Mora never won a big game. Jim Mora lost to Oregon consistently, lost to Stanford consistently, lost to Arizona State at home when he had a chance to go to the Pac-12 championship game, lost to Baylor in the Holiday Bowl against a, 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 with a team that was much better. And he did it at a time when USC was on sanctions and they didn't have the scholarships to be able to compete with UCLA in recruiting. The Miles Jacks, the Eric Kendricks, the, uh, the Bars, everybody that came, the, the Darnay Holmes, the folks that came for Mora were because in a position, SC was not at full capacity. The moment SC became full capacity, Mora went to four wins, eight wins, six wins, and he was done. And everyone likes to sort of blame Mora's divorce as being the reason. But people get divorced all the time in this country. Well, every year, that doesn't mean you yeah. have that significant of a drop off. So. In the last 30 years, since recruiting has become a national activity and not just a regional activity in a post-Donahue era, no coach has been able to win with their own players With when there hasn't been a situation where USC, the team across town, has not been at full capacity. There has been no sustainable strategy for 30 years. So when everyone sort of criticizes Chip for winning and losing and what his statistics are, what is the standard here? What are, we, what are we talking about? At the end of the day, no one loves UCLA more than I do. UCLA football is not Alabama. It's not Georgia. It's not LSU. It's not Michigan. It's not Ohio State. It's not USC football. This is a blue blood academic institution. This is a blue blood research institution. This is a blue blood hospital ecosystem. This is a blue blood basketball program. This is not a blue blood football program. And, and, and it's not a situation where you can just flip the switch and, and move on to the next. I know people are frustrated with Chip. It's been year six. 
His win percentage has improved every year from year one to year six. Okay? You know, if he wins two more games against Cal or Arizona State, this will be his third consecutive season of eight-plus wins. Do you know in the 105-year history of UCLA football, Terry Donahue won eight-plus games five times, Red Sanders won it three times, and Mora, because SC was on sanctions, won it four times. That's the list. And Chip is going to be fourth on that list. Donahue has a statue at the Rose Bowl. Red Sanders has a national championship. Chip is doing things that just have not been done in the history of this university. And so we have to sort of understand fan expectations. People say he can't recruit. He got Dante Moore. People said he can't sort of modernize his assistant coaches. He got Danton Lynn. I mean, so he's got a sustainable strategy with the transfer portal. At the end of the day, as bad as things are, Will, if they win their last four games, it's an if. It might happen. It might not happen. If you USC, they beat USC and win their last four games, they'll finish 10 and three, which is tied for school record number of wins. They will have beaten USC in the Coliseum, which would only be the third time in the last 25 years. And he would exceed his win total again for the fourth consecutive season. So I get that there's frustration in the program, but you got to be able to play this out. Rome was not built in a day. This is not a program that you can just throw $100 million and snap of a finger, think you're going to contend in the next year, 18 months, or what have you. This is going to take time. And so the fans that are really upset as to why this team is not winning national championships, I want to ask the fans flat out, how old were you when UCLA won the Rose Bowl last? How old were you when UCLA won the Pac-12 last? It's been 25 years since UCLA's won the Pac-12. It's been 38 years since UCLA won the Rose Bowl. So what? where are these expectations coming from? I get it. We're not a national championship program, but it's going to take a little bit of time. Now, is Chip uh, doesn't have faults. I couldn't agree with you more. There's things that he needs to do better. But to say that we got to go fire him, what is the standard that you are measuring him up against? And if you want to win national champions as a fan base, Take out the checkbook. Let's go. Let's let's donate. Come to every game. Donate to the Wooden Athletic Fund. You know, so there's a way to sort of enhance the expectations. But we got to understand where we are in terms of the pecking order, not only at this university, but in the landscape of college football. I get it. And I like the point, man. I think where I would push back on this is I've done my research. I've read the Bulch articles like Chip Kelly against winning teams, winning teams in his time period. What do you think his record is? Six and 26. Teams? Yeah, I've read, I've read the stats That's just horrible. as you have. That's horrible, man. It That's, is horrible. But where like, no who has ball. won? Who has won? Tell me who's won, Will. Tell me what's the standard. What, what, where, where, when have you seen UCLA win a national championship? Who's had the most draft picks in the Pac-12 over the last two years? UCLA. Exactly. So he's building something. The talent's been there. I mean, we're ready to win, man. It's there. Ten. I mean, that is the most of SC, Oregon, Washington. You're not even playing Oregon, Washington right now. You know, and just from what I'm seeing from the win percentages. I get it. I get it. No, I'm not saying that it's not perfect. I'm not even close to perfect. He's got his flaws. And, and for folks that feel the well, way they feel, they have every right to it. it, it it's fair. But I, I, again, I push back. 
You can say six and 26. You can pick any random stat. Everybody wants to pick one stat and they think they're sort of an expert, right? Like that's what fans do. They pick one stat. They think they're an expert. And, and you know, the, the reality of the situation is show me someone who has figured this thing out. Who's figured it out? What concerned me the most was Olafemi Oladeja's comments after that game saying we were disunified. That is like a red letter word. That's not something you want to say. That means that the locker room's in chaos right now. And, and according to what I heard, disunified is one of those words where you just go, wow, I don't know if I want to hear that. So knowing that that's well, contextually, well, I think he said it in the context of the defense is disunified from the offense because the offense isn't moving the ball enough. Right. And so what, they're what finally saying, though, is they stopped really kind of playing hard because the offense wasn't going to score. That's yep. that's concerning. That's well, concerning. for sure. For sure. That's concerning. So like when you break down all of those different things, the talent we've had come through this door, the Charbonnets, the DTRs, the offensive linemen. I mean, we're talking Quinton Lakes, you know, you know, Otito Obonia, we've had guys, man. Like, and the fact that this is where it's at still, and we've had the easiest schedule UCLA's had in the last four years since 1954. He's stacking wins, but like, who are we playing out of conference, man? Like, we're not getting any LSU. Yeah. I'm throwing that out. There's nobody there. So, like, you're stacking those three to four wins against teams that aren't very good, and you kind of go 500 in the Pac-12. You beat, you know, last year. Grateful for the Washington and Utah wins; those were huge. I don't want to downplay those at all. Those are the two only the two victories I can really point and say, hey, that's a hell of a job by the coaching staff because I haven't seen I mean, Will, you just described two wins against the two-time defending Pac-12 champions and the guy that's going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Two wins in six years. You know, let's not downplay that, you know, so much. And then they had the reigning Heisman winner on the ropes there. That was 48-45, came down to the last play. So I get it. I think what folks also don't understand is how how bare the cupboard was in terms of what he inherited, the mess that Mora left behind. I mean, it it took a couple of years to actually get some real players. So everyone kind of talks about how long he's gotten. I get it. But no one also had as bare a cupboard as he did at the beginning. Everything that you're referencing in terms of NFL talent has all been in the last two years. And in the last two years, he's won 17 games. But he has, I mean, outside of those two wins, there has outside been of those two wins. I mean, Will, this is again. What what are you expecting? What are you expecting? You got the most NFL draft picks. You are a guy that revolutionized college football. That means you that have, was in the past. I'm not even judging him off of that. That means you've got the most talented team. You think this was the most talented team in the Pac-12? No, you no. Honestly, no. believe this was the most talented team in the Pac-12 the last two years. You gotta let me finish, bro. In terms of statistical NFL draft picks, that yeah, is that's one stat. I'm asking you that a is, question. You is. think this was the most talented team in the Pac-12? Because that's what you said. Is this no, the most talented no, team no, in the Pac-12 no, the last two years? No, no, not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying from statistic purposes, NFL draft picks, those okay. are the most talented. For this specific year, I didn't say that at all. This is the most talented defense we've ever had, and they've blown yep. it completely. They've blown it completely, man. It's an offensive scheme. Like, you've got to be better at this stuff, man. The one year we need you to call offense, you, you've lost. We're like 109th in the country at 130 teams in turnovers. You can't figure out the quarterback battle. It's just – it's chaos, man. And I'm t- year six, I'll give you the first two years to rebuild. But that's four years after that now. And we got to figure this out. The guy who should be coaching UCLA was on the other sidelines in that game in Jed Fish. That was the guy. He's rebuilt Arizona in three years, not six. So all I'm saying here, Will, is I get it. And I get where this is sort of a challenge. But he's had one, two years 
where he had the cupboard was absolutely bare. He had the COVID year, and now he's trying to build something from scratch. Uh, look, you and I saw it at spring in terms of Dante, in terms of the, the, the gap at quarterback. We said, look, in order for this team to kind of get to where we want to go, we need solid quarterback play, and we need the offensive line to hold up. That has not happened, and now the defense is caving as a result of that because they're, they've been so one-sided. So I get it. I mean, this is sort of right on the line in terms of what folks want on either sense in terms of kind of directionally. Look, this is a freshman quarterback. He tried him. He struggled. I mean, his first true road start at Utah, that's a tough place to play at Oregon State. These are two teams we were talking about winning the conference this year. This kid's 18 years old, two freshmen. He struggled. Now he's gone back to Garbers. Garbers struggled against Coastal Carolina. I mean, you know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, neither of these guys were the athletes nor the throwers uh, that DTR was. So there is going to be a drop-off offensively. The defense has played great. I mean, what's the game that, I mean, you know, we, we talked about it this year. We said there's three games, they're the underdog. There are nine games, they're the favorites. And so, look, at the end of the day, they're probably going to win one of those three games where they're the underdog, and they're probably going to drop one game that they're the favorite. That's kind of what UCLA has been, nine and three. And so they're still in line to do that. Now, if, they, if he loses to SC, he has, he has an inexplicable loss to Arizona State or Cal. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with everybody else. But you got to at least let him finish. You got to see where this thing goes before everyone rushes to judgment. Everyone's so quick to rush to judgment after one loss. Everyone is so reactionary and so cynical. Let the guy finish the season before you make a determination. Because if he wins four games, he's going to have a school record number of wins. And then you want to fire him after a school record number of wins and beat Nessie in the Coliseum? Everyone's going to look ridiculous, you know, I mean, in terms of what they said four weeks earlier. Uh, let's end with some high notes, at least. Who are some players that impressed you in that game? Uh, you know, Alex Johnson was a guy that we called in pregame that got an interception that I was very excited about. Um, you know, I thought the DJ, the defense held Pat. You know, it was 17-10 going into the fourth quarter and then 10 unanswered for Arizona. So the defense was there for three quarters. And then, the you know, the disunification, if you will, did occur for UCLA moving forward. So who are some of the other guys that you stood out to you that, you know, may have made some plays? give us some positivity going into next week because it's very, you know, cynical, like you were mentioning for UCLA uh, after this loss. I think we'll, you know, rather than just talk about who's played well, who didn't, I think you and I can both agree. No one really had kind of an A game. You know, I, I think we, we'd be kind of grasping at straws at this point of kind of turning B minus performances into sort of A performances. I think what I'm most looking forward to in these last four weeks is, what this team is made of moving forward and how they choose to finish this season. Because I'm not saying that Chip Kelly needs to be the coach right now today into the foreseeable future. What I'm saying is let's give him an opportunity to finish the season and let's see where that, that lays out. If he loses to an Arizona state or he loses to a Cal, I'm right there with you and I'm right there with everyone else who's upset. He's got to go. But if he has an opportunity to finish 10 and three, and get a mid-tier bowl win and sort of build upon next season going into the Big Ten, I think we as a fan base would be foolish to say that he needs to leave, especially given that he has an $8.5 million buyout at the end of this season, one that goes to $4.5 million at the end of next season. So to me, this is now going to be all about character. The, the knock on Chip has always been he's not personable enough, he's not charismatic enough, he doesn't have enough human emotion, he doesn't have enough empathy, he doesn't have enough EQ, 
to really be able to galvanize a team when they're struggling. Well, now, here you go. You've got a fan base that's ready to burn the buildings. You know, they're, they're coming with, with stakes and weapons. They're charging the castle. You're down to your third-string quarterback, and now you got a team in dissension from an offense versus a defensive standpoint. Now, he's been dealt a very difficult hand here. Now, all the things that everyone has sort of criticized him about over these years of what he can't do, let's see what he can do with it. Because everyone just sort of expects this team to sort of fold away and go away into the night. Let's see what he can do with this, and let's judge him off of that. And so I completely agree with how the fans feel. I totally empathize with the fans, but I also implore the fans to understand what are what is the definition of success, right? I mean, you got to think about this. If you want this to be a blue blood program, then everyone needs to get involved together. And we got to do this together. We got to show up. We got to write to Martin Jarman. We got to donate. We got to get really involved. If you've got businesses uh, as a booster with nil, I mean, this is what it's going to take to be, uh, you know, in this together to make this a blue blood program. You know, I'm tired of all these Twitter warriors that all want to sort of see him fired and everyone kind of gets swayed. Somebody says something, everybody else gets swayed. There's a bunch of followers and sheep, frankly, on Twitter when, you know, those folks are not willing to put their money where their mouth is or their time or their energy where their mouth is. That's all I'm saying for, for this crowd is let's do this together. Now, if he loses uh, a game or two here moving forward, absolutely, I'm right there with you. But I think let's give this man who cares so much about being a UCLA Bruin, cares so much about books and ball, what the values of this university are. Let's show him and at least give him the respect to finish out this season before we make a determination and not be so quick to just pull the trigger with this guy. Because if he goes head-to-head against Lincoln Riley and beats USC in the Coliseum, I want to see how excited Bruin Nation is going to be after that particular victory bell game. And, you know, are we still going to feel the same way in two weeks? So this is not the time to sort of break apart by any stretch of the imagination. This is the time to come together. This is the time to sort of understand all of the viewpoints. And look, he's far from perfect. He's got a lot of flaws. But at the end of the day, no one has been able to crack this code of UCLA football since recruiting has gotten national, since there's been money to no end in the NFL, and since they're, they're, the amount of resources it takes to be a great program is there. You know, Will, you said it best, right? You said, look, I want UCLA to be the Oklahoma State to USC's Oklahoma, right? I mean, that's, that's eight to nine wins every year, and then with an opportunity to really compete every other year. Look, I mean, th- this team is sitting on a nine-win season. I get it. It doesn't always pass the eye test. It's not pretty. But, I mean, you know, we got to sort of understand uh, the situation and the reality here before we can push forward. Love it. Uh, we will be signing off here. Uh, guys, you let us know what you guys think needs to happen. Uh, I am on the side of Chip being fired. Madman wants to keep him. I'm open for either one. I, I hope he does win out for the rest of the year, you know, for reference point. But that's my gut is telling me it's time for Chip. So much love, guys. We will be on ESPN Radio on Friday. So take a look out for that and look forward to speaking with you all soon.